The Insulone Podcast is brought to you by Cybionics, an emerging CGM brand that focuses on simplifying how individuals aged 18 and above monitor and control their blood sugar levels. Upon becoming available on the market, the Cybionics GS1 CGM has helped users worldwide navigate the complexities of diabetes management with more confidence and peace of mind. Thanks to Cybionics, now more people are able to view and share their real-time glucose data, receive customizable glucose alarms, and generate full AGP reports, all directly from an intuitive Cybionics app, empowering them with the necessary information to make better decisions about their health. Cybionics combines data accuracy and comfort of wear, which is important to us all, with a feature-rich app. The 14-day scanning-free and calibration-free Cybionics GS1 CGM aims to deliver reliable, seamless diabetes management experiences. For more, check out CybionicsCGM.com. Welcome back to part two of my chat with Geraldine Rogers. Geraldine is a type 1 diabetic living in Ireland and has been living with type 1 diabetes for over 60 years. Hope you enjoyed part one. Now it is time for part two. Geraldine, did you know anyone else when you were initially diagnosed who also had diabetes? Because I feel as if type one, well, as we all know, it can be a very isolating condition because it's a lot of the time just you managing it yourself. Did you have any, anybody your age or anyone in your area that you could kind of meet and talk about it with? Nobody. I never did until, um, oh gosh, I would have been in my 20s and I was in the Irish Diabetic Association then when, when it started and um, I met a girl from Rush, Catherine Leonard, wonderful girl, absolutely. I mean, when I say Catherine led a life living for her diabetes, she did absolutely everything by the book, wonderful girl. And um, I met her and I, she would have been diagnosed when she was 14 um, and she would have been the first, we'd say, even though she was a, a lot younger than me, she would have been the first younger person I met who had diabetes. But there was never anybody that I met in County Louth until I was a um, mature adult. And did you think that you personally and your, your own diabetes benefited from having somebody to relate things to? I'm supposed to say yes, but I probably... <laughs> you can say whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're editing this. <laughs> it depends what you say. <laughs> <laughs> um, did I... Um, I suppose... if I wish I was as strong in life, you know, and other things like, do you know what I mean, as I am with diabetes, in that, um, you know, I sort of... I think I know it all attitude, which, which is so wrong. I mean, gosh, I go to a meeting nowadays in the last, Mary Lennon started. My God, these young girls and boys are wonderful. They know so much. They can tell me things I don't know. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're far better read they're far than I was. So when I met, say, young people, you know, 40, 50 years ago, try and do it all. Do you know what I mean? So it wasn't to my benefit, but I was so pompous. I thought it was to their benefit they met me. 
<laughs> do you think you've changed in that way, Geraldine, or are you still kind of uh, like that? No, no, I, I, I think meetings, I think, you know, I was on the Zoom um, all during lockdown with um, Cormac and, now I forget the names, Noel, Ken, um, and, oh, my God, they're wonderful, and they know so much, and they're so well-read into everything about diabetes. Grani is another girl that's wonderful. They do so much for diabetics, uh, the Diabetes Ireland. Like, I mean, my parents had to buy everything for me as a child, and now the Diabetes Association gets everything for us free. It wasn't the government given, it was the Diabetes, Diabetes Ireland that got everything free for us. You can Google now so much and learn so much that I just don't bother. You know, I'm too long in the tooth, so what's my next stage? Do You know, I will just follow wherever I'm told to do next. But the young people are wonderful today. Yeah, there's a good sense of community now internationally as well with all different types of people doing different types of things, all with type 1 diabetes, which is an amazing resource to be involved in and learn from and take advantage of in a certain sense. Oh, yes. I mean, I highly recommend, you know, especially young mothers, you know, to go to meetings, to learn from others. Because, I mean, I only learned from the Zoom about the 780 pump, um, G pump. You know what I mean? You can learn so much from others. I was being smart when I said about when I was, you know, younger going to meetings. But the, the technology wasn't there 50 years ago that there is now. So you weren't learning as much. You were meeting people and you were boasting about how good you were and all this type of, you know, bull really. But, but nowadays, you know, you're learning what is the next best thing for you. Um, and that is what's so wonderful. Geraldine, what were your doctor's appointments or your endocrinologist appointments like when what? you were initially diagnosed? What sort of stuff would they have told you? What would they have analyzed to understand how you're managing things? Well, I suppose uh, my first uh, one was Dr. Costello in a Lady of Lourdes Hospital. Uh, gentleman, wonderful. Um, I um, used to follow him around the hospital. I'd be walking. He was about six foot three, and I was wherever a baby running around after him. He was lovely. Uh, then he recommended that I go to uh, Dublin because he wasn't, um, there was no diabetic clinic in those days. So uh, he wanted me to go to uh, Dr. Drury and I knew Dr. Drury and I said, no way. He was very, 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 very strict for my liking. Wonderful. One of the best doctors going for diabetics. Uh, So I went to St. Vincent's, whom I went to uh, Dr. Andy Herfernan and he was brilliant. He was so up to date. Um, So modern in comparison, if you like. At the beginning, I was going four times a year to him. And then some years, I'll go twice a year. I've been very lucky. I hear reports from other people about their consultants. I have had a wonderful backup team. I would have been a bold patient at times. And I'd go, say, in Dr. Heffernan's day in Germany, I would try this and do that. And I'd be great one. Yes, yeah, mm, no problem. I'll do that and do this. And then I mightn't bother. Um, <laughs> 
But in saying that, now I always say to my diet, I'm talking about, you know, um, you know, Jerry, now you should have a break at 11 o'clock and take, you know, a cup of tea or something and to go away and biscuits or, um, you know, this type of thing. I never liked having to eat in the morning or in the afternoon. You must have a piece of food in the afternoon. You must and you must. Yeah, no problem. I'll do all that. Now, I didn't always do what I was told to that extent. I've been a very, very lucky person. Wonderful parents, wonderful uh, medical team. And I've ended up with the most wonderful husband and we could have had. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you how wonderful he is. He was playing in a big championship. He's a scratch golfer. He was playing in a big championship in Newcastle Royal um, oh, a few years ago. And I'm caddying. So he has to go down. He's all square on the 18th and he has to go down the 19th. And I, you know, just collapse as diabetics do. And he calls a friend from the sideline and he says, we just take Geraldine in and get her something sugary into her. And he goes on. He doesn't come in until the 24th hole. He was beaten on the 24th. So he wasn't too worried. But that's what's so wonderful about him. He doesn't let me feel I'm a nuisance. I'm, um, he, he's wonderful in every way in that he makes me feel normal. And he'd always say, you can do that, Geraldine, and very positive outlook. You know, and I think luck has a lot to do with our lives in that I had wonderful parents, siblings, husband, workmates, and above all, doctors. So everybody I have met through my life, I have never said, oh, my God, they're not good for me. Yeah, as you say, it sounds as though you were very lucky with the support network that you had to help yeah. you stay so on top of your diabetes over the years. Yeah, everywhere. I must say every, yeah, every, you know, from my home to my, to my work, to my, what to call it, to my husband, to my doctors, you know, yeah, I, I have been one of the lucky ones now. Geraldine, did you have any fears about your diabetes growing up? And if you did, how did you prevent those fears from becoming too overwhelming? My fears were probably maybe being a female, but males probably feel the same thing. When I was young, I'm maybe, I don't know, say 16 maybe, um, that age group, you know, maybe between 15 and 20, um, who'd want me? Sure, I'm a diabetic, God help me. Like, you know, nobody'd want me, and meaning a, a partner, meaning a boyfriend, you know. And uh, I would have gone through that as well. And I remember Mummy, you know, strong woman, uh, saying, Geraldine, your sisters have all the same problems. One of them is probably saying in their own head, who'd want me? I'm too fat. Another one's probably saying, who'd want me? I have acne. And others probably saying, who want me? I have curly hair. So everybody has something that they get into their heads at times in life and says, who'd want me? And, um, you know, she said, we'd all blame something else, whereas there's nothing to blame only ourselves. Uh, I thought that was a wonderful lesson uh, to me. I'm not saying I heeded it at the time now because I was probably too young, but as I grew older, you know, I mean, yeah, I would blame diabetes. Oh, sure, God, I can't go there. But I can. It's just I don't want to go and I blame it. I, I just, I, I can't get over. It's only when I'm talking to you, I realize, you know, how lucky I've been in that I probably 
would have felt over the years. That would be one of my big things. And then when I got the pump, um, I remember saying to um, Dr. Heffernan, you know, this years ago, I got my first pump. I said, oh, my God, how on earth could you sleep with this and be in the way? And I won't go into any details, but, you know, it'll just be a nuisance. And um, three comical sisters, I should wear nothing in bed and just put it on the belt. It'd be grand. Um, you know, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I survived because of maybe not worrying too much. Yeah, I like that. And do you think over the years then you learned how not to worry as much? I worry about everything else, but I don't worry about diabetes. Why specifically do you think that is? <laughs> because, um, no, and I'm interested to know because there's a lot of people that I would speak to and they would say, I don't worry about most things, but I worry about my diabetes. So it's almost like the complete opposite to that. Yeah, yeah, but um, God loves them. How, how do I answer? How do I help anybody out there like that? No, it, I, I suppose the answer to that is we can only help ourselves. I can tell you what I do. You can tell me what you do. You know, and it's all to do with our rearing and how we're taught to cope with life. And I, I think, you know, it, it's mainly to treat one another as equals rather as being different. Um, my friends, gosh, they would, you know, one or two might ask me, yeah, Tom and the golf course, are you all right? Yeah, I'm grand. Do you know what I mean? That's mm. all I ever say, yeah, I'm grand. <laughs> Perfect Irish response. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to say, I'm, 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 my blood sugar is 1.9, but I know I'm grand. I'm okay. I'll keep going. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, our, our um, biggest fan gave them once was I was playing, lucky enough, I was in a buggy. I don't know why reasons in a buggy, probably late night, night before or something. And um, we're coming and you're in the power of my arm and just, come on, get grand, driving with the right hand, you know. And I didn't come in, I kept going like, you know, but I mean, there was nothing, I didn't have a stroke or anything, it was grand, I don't know what happened. You know, I, I, I'm I, probably wrong if doctors listened to me talking to this, which I hope they don't. I'm probably wrong in that, you know, I know different from, well, I was going to say you own, but you're like me. <laughs> but do <laughs> you know what I mean? I, 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 I don't know where I got, you know, how I am like I am. I don't know. Like, I'll give you another instance. When I was about 24, 25, no boyfriend, poor me, whatever. And I remember I had very bad flu. I was at home. I was all right. It wasn't that bad. I remember a great, um, how would you say, Paul Higgins, who was one of the chief accountants in PJ Cards at the time, I remember him saying to me, Jerry, only come back a half day at a time. Very, very good to me. And he said, you know, holidays. I said, but should be nobody be going on holidays this time of the year. It was January. And my sister, who lived out in the Far East in Brunei, I decided anyway, I'd go out to her. How am I going to travel with diabetes? Like, you know, this is 60 years ago. Well, no, 50 years ago. Uh, how am I going to drive it? So I said to my consultant, who was Dr. Andy Herfinan at the time, he said, Jordan, I can't tell you what to do. He said, for the simple reason, he said, because nothing happened to you, he said, it's, it's on your shoulders. He said, all I can say is, if you're going to be adamant and go, wear two watches and keep Irish time till you get there. So I did, as I was told, anyway, went off, stayed in England overnight, went off on the plane. 
stayed had stayed in Singapore for four hours, and then arrived in Brunei to my sister knowing as I'm walking off the plane coming towards her, she's in a hypo, but she sorted me out anyway, and it was there for a month, and then Peter and I went out later on in our lives, we went back out to them. I just, I, I just feel like if I want to do something, I can do it, and I feel, you know, we all must say that in life. There's Catherine Leonard in Rush. Catherine Leonard, I hope she doesn't mind me telling because she's a wonderful, wonderful girl. It's diabetes. She's also MS. She works. She lives alone. She never complains. I think, you know, life with any disability is all how we deal with it ourselves rather than what the consultant tells us to do or the diabetic nurse. It's all to do with living a normal life as is possible for you at the time. I'm rambling on now. No, you're not. I'm listening and I'm really enjoying <laughs> listening to what you're saying. I have to say it's nice to take in. And like I said earlier on the podcast, it's personally very reassuring for me to hear you speak so confidently and outline all these amazing things that you've done in your life, despite having diabetes for this amount of time. What are you most proud of in your life, Geraldine? With all these things you've outlined and all the people that you know and the people that you've been involved with, diabetes or not, what's one thing that jumps out at you that you're most proud of? The wonderful man I have. I hope you tell him that. (laughs) I do, I do, I do. Um, I had one brilliant year in the golf club where I went down to a 14 handicapper and I won the lady captain's. Uh, the golfer of the year, everything that I could win, I won in that time. I would have won the club mixed with Peter. We won it four times, we were runner up twice. My achievements in golf, I would be very proud of. Now I have um, I have slight neuropathy in, and I don't have neuropathy to be honest with you because I don't want to know, or it could be rheumatism in my hands, and I haven't been diagnosed for either because I don't want to know. And uh, I get it maybe hard to hold the golf club, so I wouldn't be anything like good now, but I still love it. But my achievement in golf uh, over the years, I was very proud to go to 14. When I met Peter first, I'll tell you how good he was. And I was playing golf before I ever met him. And I'd be coming around the golf course in a competition every day, and Peter would be coming out from behind a tree because I had no pump, I had no uh, warnings of his, you know, hypo. And he'd be looking at time three to see if I was like, all right. He's <laughs> 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 like your, your personal pump. Tell you, I we were only going out together at the time. And um, he was just, so, he was so wonderful, really. When I think back, like, you know what I mean? Wonderful or a fool, I don't know which. <laughs> <laughs> a combination of both. It's a good way to be both. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Given all your experience so far, Geraldine, if there was one secret to living a healthy and happy life with diabetes that you could share with people around the world, what would that be? Oh, gosh. One secret is live for today. Um, stick to as good a carbohydrate diet as is possible while you're at home, if you go out, enjoy yourself and, you know, um, live life to the full, live life to the full. 
There's no looking back. You know, look forward and live life to the full. Don't worry about what's round the corner in regarding to your state of health. Worry is stressful. Worry won't help your diabetes. Diabetes is just SH1T thing to live with, but it's livable with. You're going to enjoy, you know, it, it helps to keep you slim because you don't eat all the rubbish. Look at all the positive things of it. You know, okay, you're black and blue from needles and um, pricks and, you know, whatever. You have lumps here and you have lumps there from too many pricks and whatever. But so what? I mean, there's people out there with one eye. There's people out there who can't see. There's people out there with failed kidneys. People out there with no limbs. You know, enjoy it. Enjoy being a diabetic. Enjoy life. Life is for living. I love it. Beautifully put. That one's going to stick with me, I have to say. My gosh. I've, <laughs> I've one more question for you, Geraldine. And I always end each episode with a guest with this question. Might sound like an unusual question, but we'll give it a go anyway. If you had the opportunity to thank diabetes for something, what would that be? I probably wouldn't thank it for anything. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, no, I wouldn't thank I wouldn't thank uh, diabetes for uh, anything. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. Um, I've lived with it. I've tolerated it, but I couldn't thank being, you know, living with it as being a pleasure in any way. But it hasn't. It hasn't dampened my life. It hasn't curtailed my life and it never will good i'm glad to hear that and i have to say you're the first person that hasn't thanked it for something on the podcast so i appreciate the honesty (laughs) (laughs) geraldine thanks so much for your time it was fascinating to hear your story and how things have changed for you for you over the years and as i'll say again it's massively reassuring for myself And I know for anybody listening, they'll get a lot from hearing your experience. So thank you for your time. Not at all, Owen. Enjoy enjoy life with diabetes. (laughs) We'll try. We'll try. Enjoy your golf today. I'm sure you'll you'll hit a few hole-in-ones. Thanks a million. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Another massive thank you to Geraldine for coming on. I always appreciate a guest's time. And I love hearing about their stories, their perspective, their experiences. And I know we briefly touched on it when we said that there's obviously never an ideal time to be diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, as we know firsthand. But if you are somebody who has been diagnosed, if you are somebody who is maybe going to be diagnosed at some stage in your life and you're just learning about diabetes or you have someone else in your family who has diabetes, the ideal time to be diagnosed is now. And what I mean by that is to hear Geraldine's stories and, and experiences and perspectives around how she treated low blood sugars with sugar packets and milk, how she checked her blood sugar with only urine tests each day. There was no community. There was no podcasts. There was no Instagram, Facebook, Google searches. We have all of that now. And Even though it's never going to be easy, it's certainly easier than 
a number of years ago. So use those resources, use those abilities to contact other diabetics around the world, listen to podcasts, read books, read posts, connect with people. The more you know, the more you learn, the easier things will be. And I think, again, even personally from this episode, to hear about Geraldine's long-term health, her perspective, and her obviously quite continued positive mindset, it's very reassuring to hear that. And it's very reassuring to, I hope you, who's listening right now, to know that she's been living with type 1 diabetes for over 60 years and still leads a healthy, happy, active life. If you are a new listener, thank you for your time. I would strongly suggest going back and catching up with those 83 other episodes. There's a full library of episodes for you to listen to now. Welcome to the podcast from myself, Graham, and every other listener. Welcome to the community that we have. If you are a long-time listener, as always, I appreciate your time. I appreciate your ears and your concentration. I hope you're getting a lot from the podcast. As always, if you have any thoughts, questions, stories, experiences you'd like to share with the podcast, please don't hesitate to reach out. The Insulone Podcast at gmail.com. We love getting those stories builds that sense of community with the podcast have a good day have a good week mind those blood sugars chat to you soon